Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, Paul tells the church at Corinth that he did not want them to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. Now, this warning from Paul alerts us to the reality that spiritual gifts has a high potential for being misunderstood. In today's message, we press into understanding regarding spiritual gifts and their application to us as believers. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Of, 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 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. And uh, you know, we've been talking about the journey, but I'm going to be very, very brief with this. Amen. Very brief. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says these words. Actually, you open your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. I'm going to read you 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 says, Concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. In other words, when it comes to spiritual gifts, I want you to be knowledgeable. I want you to be aware. I want you to understand spiritual gifts. And so we talked last week about the fact that there's two kinds of gifts. We actually, the last couple of weeks, we talked about the fact that there's natural gifts that we all possess. And there are spiritual gifts that are then broken into, number one, gifts of the Spirit, which come as the Spirit wills. And those are covered here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Then we have ministry gifts, which are covered in Ephesians chapter 4, which outlines fivefold ministry. And it introduces us to the fact that fivefold ministry is there for the equipping and edification of the saints to do their work of ministry, which then leads to. Romans chapter 12, which showed us that there are seven spiritual gifts that are operated by people in the body of Christ according to their faith. So in other words, Ephesians 4 gave us fivefold ministry that showed us that these are the, the giftings that are there to help organize the body of Christ and help equip, strengthen, empower, and to encourage the body of Christ, which is all of us. And then it gives us in Romans chapter 7, excuse me, 12, it gives us those seven things that all of us should be doing, which get into, number one, we should all be prophesying. What is prophesying? Prophesying is to speak God's word and life over others. It says that we all should be encouragers. We all should be encouraging one another. We all should be exhorting one another. We should all lead with diligence. Tell your neighbor, say, you're called to lead. Amen. My mother was a leader. She had to lead a bad kid. She said, wait a minute. My mother had to lead a bad kid. And she had to lead with diligence. Because leading me on Tuesday wasn't going to help us on Wednesday. <laughs> Amen. We're all called to have mercy. We're all called to be merciful people. We should all be mer have mercy according to our faith. 
We should all be givers. Okay? Those seven things, those are things that we should all be doing according to our faith. I used to not have faith to be a giver. I only had faith to be a taker. Amen? Because I was trained as a taker. I wasn't trained as a giver. I was trained to grow up and take my gifts and make my gifts make something back for me. In other words, I used my gifts in order to take what I needed. It's called a job. And when I went to work, I took money and I reluctantly gave time. And I only gave time in order to take money. Amen? So the driver wasn't me giving. The driver was me taking. <laughs> Amen? So I didn't, I didn't grow up learned automatically to be a giver. Even in terms of love. I love people when I feel in love. And when I no longer feel in love, then I take my love back. <laughs> Amen. See, we got to see, you got to understand. See, the nature of sin in humanity is selfishness. That's the nature. The nature of sin is self-centeredness, which is why Adam and Eve's temptation didn't have to do with dominating the world. <laughs> they already had dominion. <laughs> so I want you to think about this. The, their temptation was not external dominion. God gave them dominion. <laughs> they had everything outside. The problem was, he tempted them with what's inside. He said, if you eat of this fruit, then you shall become. <laughs> Amen. Process that for a moment. Amen. So this is what I want you to get. We've been worshiping. And worshiping is giving a worship of love to God. Finding a love relationship with God. But the temptation of humanity has to do with inside what our motivations are. And whether our motivations are the motivations to become operators of our spiritual gifts in the motivation of love or to exercise what we have with the motivation of self. That's the battle that the Christian fights, which is why we have to walk by faith and not by sight. Because faith works by love. <laughs> but even sometimes our faith gets tainted because we start believing for our stuff as opposed to using our faith 
for the benefit of all. Amen. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 said, Brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. He spends this whole chapter talking about spiritual gifts and their relationship to the body of Christ and the fact that there are different gifts and there are different settings that they're operating in, different ways they're manifested in. And here's the spirit moves and does these things and the, the gifts are given for the benefit of all. He says all that. And then in verse 27 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now you are the body of Christ and members individually and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues, are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Are all workers of miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healings? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. But earnestly desire the best gifts. You should desire the best gifts. Tell your neighbor, say, you should desire the best gifts. And yet, I show you a more excellent way. Another there is, is there's the way that you're thinking about when you read about all these gifts is a way that comes to your mind. Already, when you say, man, are all apostles? No, prophets? Oh, yeah, but I should earnestly desire the best gift. Man, I should desire the best gift. Lord, what's the best gift for me? <laughs> he said, yeah, I got to show you a different way. See, those things are true. You should desire the best gifts, but you got to check your motivations he says so i'm going to show you a better way now you got your bible open to first corinthians 13 and let's read third first corinthians 13 the way that it was written and not how we usually read it because we usually read this and say "Ooh, it's all about love it's not it's about gifts <laughs> see in in chapter 12 the end of chapter 12 he said he said, you should desire the best gifts, yet I'm going to show you a more excellent way. It's not about, this chapter's not about love. <laughs> it's about gifts. <laughs> Amen. Is your mind ready for this? How do I know it's about gifts? Because of the first two verses. Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels... What is tongues? A gift. <laughs> Amen. But have not love, I have become as a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the what? A prophecy and understand all mysteries and all the knowledge and though I have all what? Faith, another gift, so that I could remove mountains, but I have not. I am. This chapter is not about love. This chapter is about gifts. Love is the missing element to our gifts. <laughs> Amen. So I'm going to read through this very briefly. 
And I want you to think about this not in terms of love, but I want you to think of it in terms of your gifts and your giftings because that's the context in which it's set. Verse 3, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Though you're compassionate and you give, your gift itself doesn't do what it's supposed to do if it's not motivated by love. Amen. Now, in terms of your gifts and love together, love suffers long and is kind. Is there kindness in the operation of your gifts? I knew this person that, I, in my mind, they were the mean old prophet. <laughs> the mean old prophet because they, they, they found that their prophecy was about casting judgment on people and discerning the negative things in people's lives. And, and that was, that's, what their, that's what their thrill in life was. It wasn't, I'm, I'm being judgmental. Let me take that back. I won't say that was the thrill of their life, but that was the constant manifestation of the gift. The gift never edified, the gift never encouraged, the gift never called people out of things. It continued to expose condemnation and hurt. Instead of seeing hurt. See, look, if you see something about me and you see, mm, man, I don't know why God showed that to me. Call me on the phone. Take me somewhere. Talk to me with me and you. But if you haven't talked to me and you and me, don't get up. Stand on the pulpit and prophesy at me. Come here, brother. I see something with you. Because that's not being patient and kind. So how do I operate a prophetic gift if God reveals something? How do I do that? I don't call people out in public. I call them and I deliver the truth in love. You can tell people the truth and still operate in love. Amen. Love don't, love don't have to be angry. The truth don't have to be angry. Amen. See, the world can tell people off, tell the truth. <laughs> Amen. Love does not parade itself. In other words, when my gift becomes paraded in front of you so that you feel in, inadequate in the operation of your gift... Now, I'm not talking about people just feeling that way because the enemy's attacking. I'm talking about if the way you do your gift makes everybody else feel like. Not because of what you're doing, but because of how you're making them feel. Amen. Means, means our gift needs to be given in a way that causes people to be able to receive it. It shouldn't be puffed up. Which is why for me personally, 
I'm very conscious of people tossing titles around. Because sometimes title is so that you understand, I sh this is what I've accomplished. And sometimes it's because you should treat me a certain way. And I went, I went home and whined about it, and I shouldn't have whined about it. I should have left alone. I had to go to this meeting yesterday, and so I went, and this one particular man introduced himself to me. And before I could say my name, he was moving on to the next. <laughs> like, man. <laughs> I might got some respect if I wore a suit to this meeting. Come on. <laughs> But if I wasn't confident in who I am, how would have that made me feel? Because that wasn't an introduction, that was an announcement. I'm serious. He announced who he was and he was moving, moving on. Love does not parade itself, and it's not puffed up. Do you know why Satan is now referred to as the devil? Or Lucifer is now referred to as the devil? His gifts puffed him up. And in his puffed upness led him to cause rebellion against God. He wasn't created as a demon. He was created as an angel. But his lack of humility puffed him up and caused problem. The operation of his gift in that state caused him a problem. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked. I worked on the message this morning, but it ain't the, the message for y'all today. So I have to be willing to drop the message I have and give you what God says. Amen. Amen. I, I, can't, I can't say, man, I worked. I know how long I worked on this. I got notes on, no, written on my wall for, for this, and I can't give my message today. No, you can't give your message today. Because that ain't message ain't what people need today. So I got to love you enough to not do what I want to do, but try to listen to the Lord and do what you need me to do. To give you what I need, what you need. And, and that is the turn of us understanding that what is this more excellent way and why should we not be ignorant concerning spiritual gifts? Because the operation of your gifts has nothing to do with how you benefit from the gift has to do with how can you have the right motivation in releasing your gift to the world. Amen? That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 13 comes right after 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's because it is a single stream of thought that he is talking and, and giving them. Your gifts make room for you because your gift make others people's, meet other people's needs. Your gifts don't make room for you because your gift is so important. <laughs> your gift makes room for you because it's a blessing to someone and they make space for you to be there. <laughs> Amen. 
So I got a new rule. Effective today. <laughs> a new rule effective today. Never say to Tammy or I, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Don't, don't, don't say that to us anymore. New rule. Don't say that. <laughs> Here's the other. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Here's what you do. Here's what you do. I want you to look around church. See what needs attention, help, or love. And then if you come to us, say, hey, this is what I see. Would you mind if I do this? Amen. And we will tell you yay or nay. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> because now what you've done is you've seen the eyes through the eyes of the love God has in you. And then you can do as God has told you to do. And we will just help align you so that what you do doesn't pull against what they do. Amen? Because we still are one body and we need to flow together. But two can't walk together if they're not agreed. So all we're looking for is not whether you can or can't do something. We're looking for agreement so that we can operate together and not pull against one another. We're never going to say no just because no, because I don't like you and I don't like the shirt you came in with. <laughs> no, we're not going to do it. We're going we're gonna to look for agreement and alignment. And with what you do right now, align with what's already, going, what's already happening so we can operate in unity. And you might say something to us, I really want to do this. And I say, okay, good, good. Wait a minute, okay. Right idea not the right season. I want you to hold it until the season comes. And so do what you need to do until the season comes. It means go buy the sweater, go buy the under, you know, the, go buy the under, under stuff. What is it called? Long johns? Go buy the long johns and the sweater and get ready for that season because the winter's coming. Amen. You said, man, I want to go, I want to go skiing. You can't, it's summertime, baby. You can't, get, just go buy your stuff. It's summertime. And, and, when, and when, when the season comes, you'll already have all your stuff. And as soon as the snow comes, you can run right to the snow. Amen. It will not be unloving if we say, not right now. Amen. The season's coming. It's going to be all right. And I love you enough to not let you drive to Tahoe thinking you're going to ski. Thinking you, thinking you got all your stuff, thinking you're going to ski. And you get to Tahoe and I already know there ain't no snow up there. That would not be love on my part. Amen. All right, praise the Lord. Concerning your gifts, verse 6. It does not rejoice in iniquity. Your gift doesn't rejoice in iniquity. But it rejoices in the truth. 
bears all things. In other words, you may be operating your gift and you're tired or frustrated and you don't want to do it no more. Bear all things. Let love cause your gifts to bear with things. You're going to have to bear with some things. Amen? Listen, church I was with before, I was hired and fired three different times. <laughs> truth. This is truth. I was hired. Hired to do a job and fired three times. <laughs> and guess what? After I got fired, I showed up at church the next day. And the last time I got fired, listen, listen, I'm serious. I'm telling y'all the truth. The last time I got fired, I wrote a thank you note. <laughs> I'm serious. I tell you what I think, I'm telling you what I know. When you're doing things for God's motivation, it will sustain you even when you don't agree with the outcomes. It will cause you to bear all things. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If God fired you, you're being fired. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Uh, anyway, praise the Lord. I said, I told y'all this is going to be brief, huh? All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, meant to be, I meant to be brief. <laughs> Hallelujah. There you go. I'm going to do what the Lord said. Amen. <laughs> Hope's all things. I was a... Uh, one of my children was in a, a school and I was volunteering when this was kindergarten. No, first grade, first grade, it was first grade. First grade. And I'm in the classroom helping all the little kids. I'm helping the kids with the work. I'm in there assisting with the kids. And then one little kid was, he was sitting there, he was looking lost as he could be. And the teacher says to me these words from the front of the class. Oh, that little so-and-so. No, his name. I just didn't say his name. Not, not that little so-and-so. <laughs> not, not that little so-and-so, but his name, little so-and-so, his name. <laughs> yeah, I had to clarify that, yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So the teacher says, oh, that little so-and-so, don't, don't, don't waste your time. Like, he's in the first disgrade. <laughs> don't we, wait a minute, we quit on him already in the first grade? Is it, wait a minute, it's not, it's, wait, it's not even November and we quit on him in the first grade. I mean, if it was May, maybe. It's October. They ain't even finished playing baseball yet. 
And my man is already like, what? He don't, he don't have a clue. I said, oh my God. Now, am I telling you she's a bad teacher? She, he, whoever they were. No. But I'm telling you, we have to guard our heart with all diligence. Because out of your heart will come issues of your life. And so a teacher who's there, I wouldn't judge the motivation for being there, but no matter who you are, you have to make sure that you continue to put love on what you do as your motivation so that we don't quit because love is going to hope all things. See, if that's us in the body of Christ, when we observe and we see those things that are deficits, then that's why we have been given, not be ignorant of spiritual gifts, because remember, you got one in your pocket that you can use according to your faith, and that is you can prophesy over stuff that ain't right. That means you can see little so-and-so and say, ooh, you know what? When you get this, you're going to be something. I believe you're going to get this pretty soon. Is, is it seem hard for you right now? Yeah, it's not going to seem hard all the time. Yeah. Pretty soon you're going to get a hold of this. Yeah. Okay? Is it okay? You, when you get it, you're going yeah. to remember we had this conversation when you get it, right? Yeah. All right, all right. That's what you have in your pocket. You have the ability to prophesy in love to those who don't get what you're talking about. Amen. Amen. Love will make you prophesy because you understand spiritual gifts. Ooh, man, when you go somewhere and you see they don't have enough of this, or you say, man, they didn't, have, they didn't even have this. And you go back, you say, wait a minute, can, can I give something to this? Oh, man, man, this would be great if they had this. Lord, show me how to get this for them. And give it to them. Hey, I saw y'all didn't have this. Maybe this will help you. And, and guess what? I'm not giving to you because I want anything returned. I'm giving to you because I saw you needed it. See, this chapter is about love. It's not about love. See, I led you, I led you all down the road. See if you're going to bite, right? This chapter is about gifts and how you operate your gifts, how you let your gifts be released, how you, how you pour out your gifts, how you meet the needs of people with the gifts that you've been given. Amen. Look at this. And here's the wrap-up that shows you that it's tr- this is true. It's not provoked. You're using your gifts, and people are offended by you using your gifts. It doesn't provoke. In other words, when I got fired, I continued to volunteer doing the same thing I was doing before. Because I wasn't provoked. Because somewhere along the line, the Holy Spirit helped me understand that I'm going to be, there going to be times when I'm not going to like things, but that doesn't change what he told me to do. Amen. 
Amen. Love is not provoked. In other words, don't take your ball and go to another park. <laughs> Carl, you got me? You got that? You got that? You all know that reference. Sometimes things ain't going right. and You say, that's my ball. I'm out of here. <laughs> this game is done. <laughs> Amen. And then so whoever else brought their ball, they'll pick it up and keep on playing. And you would just be walking away with your ball. Amen. That's another story. Amen. It thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. This is the hard one. Because this means that you have to bring all thoughts into captivity of Christ. This means you have to renew your mind. Amen. Love thinks no evil. That means when you're operating your gifts, sometimes you have to withhold judgment so that it doesn't compromise your gift. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but that which is perfect, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. And I'm not going to read the rest of these. I'm going to go to verse 13. It says, now abide faith, hope, and love. These three and the greatest of these is love. And then chapter 14 picks up the rest of the way with back onto the issue of spiritual gifts, which is how we know that this chapter 13 is not about love. It's about how you use your gifts. Look at chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. In other words, your spiritual gifts and your love need to work together or they ain't going to work. Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's far as I can go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We started this talking about the fact that God loves us and God is walking with us, talking with us, calling us his own. He's moving with us. He's doing things with us. He's making it personal between us. And our gifts are an extension of that conversation that we're having with Christ. And as such, our gifts always have to be intermingled with love. The love of God needs to be our constant motivation in operation of our gifts. And boy, I tell you what, there's a mindset change that will bless you so as you start to take your gifts and have a different way of thinking concerning them. Like I told you, I said, I figured out one day, I finally figured it out. It's like, I mean, I said, Lord, I've been going to work to make a living. Man. Man, Lord, I missed it. <laughs> I've been trying to go to work to make a living. I said, no, you go to work 
to exercise your gifts on behalf of others. He said, because if you do that, I'll take care of you. <laughs> Amen. He said, do you want your job to be your source or do you want me to be your source? And so I started making God my source. And I started making the confession. God is my source. He's my only source. Lord, I thank you that as I go today, I'm going to be a blessing today. I thank you, Lord, I'm going to love on people. I thank you, Lord, let my gifts and my talents be a blessing to somebody today. Lord, let me be used today for the benefit of others there. And that started to help me get past the demonic roadblocks to me doing that. What I mean by demonic roadblocks? It's evil. It's my self-interests. Somebody said, when are you going to retire? I said, I don't know. The Lord hasn't told me when yet. And then, uh, then one day, then I started thinking about it. I said, hmm, when am I going to retire? <laughs> I started thinking about it. I started pondering on it. And I started meditating on it. And I was thinking, oh, wait a minute, maybe, maybe. Huh. Then, I, then they were having a, a retirement workshop. And I went, into, I went and sat in the workshop. I said, I listened, I listened to him talk. I was like, hmm. Hmm. And then I walked out of that workshop, and there was a man standing in the hallway. He said, hey, Derry, man, good to see you. How you? I said, oh, man, I'm good, man, you know. Salutations. He said, man, you know what? He said, uh, I was thinking about something about you, you taught in this class you were doing a couple of years ago. And he said, uh, he said, man, you're here for a purpose. I said, <laughs> he said, man, you're here for a purpose. So I left him and I went and the next day, next day I was walking by the elevator and this guy said, hey man, I was, I was listening to that meeting you guys, you had the other day, man. Oh man, man, I love it. The fact that y'all doing this. He said, man, he said, I don't know about anybody else. I believe you're here for a purpose. And then I went to somebody's office. Uh, no, they came to my office and we we're having a meeting and probably about two minutes into the meeting, the person starts crying. And it's not unusual. It, that's what happens in my office. People come in and cry. So they start crying. And we, had, we finished the meeting. And when the meeting's over, they said, oh. I said, don't even say it. <laughs> I said, I got the message. She said, what are you talking about? I said, don't, just don't even. She said, no, all I was going to say is, you're here for a purpose. I said, I knew, man. I knew. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Amen. But the only reason I'm there for a purpose, it's not my purpose. It's God's purpose. And you're in different places wherever you are, for purpose. So keep your mindset on what you have to give. And when you give, God will make sure it gets given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, 
running over people who give back into your bosom. The key is learning how to give, how to pour out what you have as a blessing to other people. And God meets your needs through that man. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the sweet spirit in the room. Thank you for the peace of God that goes past all understanding. Musicians, you don't have to worry about it. Come on, you guys can stay in place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your presence and for your power. We thank you for the goodness and mercy that you've shared abroad in our hearts. Thank you for listening to today's message, which is part 12 of our series titled The Journey Concerning Spiritual Gifts. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, we want you to feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. And on our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. And once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. Now, you can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.